Thank you for listening to the weekly podcast from San Jacinto Assembly of God in Amarillo, Texas. If you'd like to know more about our church, visit us online at www.sjag.church. Now here's this week's message. For the last uh, two weeks, I have been preaching a sermon series that was, is titled, Why We Do What We Do. With the thought of that, I think it's important that we remember why we do certain things. And I've been using the four words that you'll find in the foyer that's hanging on the wall out there and which help us to uh, fulfill our visionary statement for our church. And, and for the, the first week, I preached about why we gather or why we come together. Last week, I spoke of we come together to grow. And, and today, I'll be using that word of... of of give and and we'll be looking at that word this morning and for a few moments. You know, a few years back, I remember Randy Ruiz talking about sitting next to a person on an airplane, and, and he could tell that he was a, a wealthy person. and And this 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 man asked Randy what he did for a living, and Randy told him that he worked for the greatest carpenter in the world. Now, if you know Randy Ruiz, he's a preacher. And so he used that inlet for the conversation, saying that he worked for the greatest carpenter in the whole world. And if you, if you ever, if, unless you're a pastor, you don't quite understand it, or a preacher, a lot of times when someone asks you what you do, and you say preaching, well, the conversation's over. So he kept the conversation going, and long story short, I think he ended up leading the guy to the Lord, and, but it was just an interesting way to reply. And so I thought it was pretty clever. In Mark chapter 15, verses 21 through 26, we'll find another thing about Christ that I believe is really important. If we read this, it says in chapter 15, verses 24 through 26, and it says, When they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots from them for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him. And the inscription of his accusation was written above. It was the king of the Jews. Now, I like that passage of scripture because not only do we find that perhaps what Randy said, that you know, he was the greatest carpenter in the world, but also we can label this about our Christ. He was the greatest giver of the world. When we think about Jesus, we can truly say that he was the greatest giver of the world. When you look at the picture that we just read about him up on the cross of Calvary, nothing there other than what he presented up on the cross, we could truly say that he is the greatest giver. You know, oftentimes we can determine, and y'all can relax, I'm not preaching about money this morning, so <laughs> just take it easy for a moment. Oftentimes, we can determine if a person is a giver by what they give up for someone else and by what they give to somebody and how they give to others. We can determine whether or not they're a giver. <coughs> and so this morning, I can say this, that Jesus excelled in both of those areas about what he gave up and also what he gave to others. And we'll spend some time looking at that this morning. I'm basically got scripture, and scripture is going to be doing the talking this morning. But 
The first thing I want to look up look at is Jesus gave up for us what many of us want in this life. Jesus gave up for us what many of us want in this life. The first thing that I looked at, I thought about this as I was preparing this message, and listen, there's no way that I can preach all about Jesus in this 30 minutes. So I'm going to hit some things that the Lord put up on my heart, and I think that should stir our hearts this morning just a tad bit. The first thing that he gave up, he gave up position. He gave up position for you and I. John chapter 1 verse 3, it says this, And all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. Talking about our King and the Lord, it says all things were made by him, and without him nothing was made. That tells me that Jesus was here and when it was nothing but darkness and spoke light and spoke things into existence, Jesus was there. How many know that's quite a bit of power? That's quite a bit of a position to be able to do such a thing. I hear preachers sometimes talk about just speak things into existence. I've tried that and they don't come about <laughs> I'm just saying today, when you have that type of position and that type of power, that's an amazing place to be. We also find in Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. We're talking about Christ. All things consist because of Him. All things. He was here. In Philippians 2, verses 5 and 7, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but himself made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Who we're talking about? We're talking about Christ and what he gave up for you and I. He gave up the position he had in heaven. He had a great thing going on there. And he surrendered that position to become a bondservant to you and I. He gave up something for you and me. Hallelujah. He gave up this. It, it really, we always love to hear the story from rags to riches. Of how someone came out of that gutter and, and now they're running a corporation. Can I say this morning, Christ went the opposite way. He went from riches to rags. He gave up a position for you and I. He loved us enough that He gave His position up to come and serve us in such a powerful way. He gave things up. He also gave up comfort. Now this morning, it's been kind of challenging because our four-year heater is not working properly, so the security are sitting in a 60-degree weather out there. Pray for them. <laughs> a little bit of comfort. We like it because it's 70-something degrees in here. It's nice. But I'm saying today that we don't realize sometimes when we think about our Lord, what He gave up, He gave up comfort. He gave up a very... Wonderful place that he was living. Matter of fact, he gave up the place that you and I are aiming to go to. We speak of, we speak of heaven and the benefits of heaven and all the things there. He gave that up so that he could come. Matthew chapter 8 verse 20, it says this, And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the sons of, of man has nowhere to lay his head. What's he saying? He said, I don't have a home. 
I don't have that place that I call the house. He gave up his home, the comfort that he had in heaven, so that he could come and be the Lord and, and give his life for you and I. Oh, he gave up those things. I've heard pre preachers twist that and, and say, Christian life is all about getting rich. I beg to differ with you for a moment because we find that our comforter, Jesus, gave up everything so that he could be with us. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with having a, a, a good life. But that was not God's focus. That was not Christ's focus. You know, I, I get the picture that we read this morning that you have a 33-year-old man that's up on the cross of Calvary. And at the foot of the cross, the only thing that he had left in this world, the only thing he had was his garments. And, and they were being gambled for by the Roman soldiers. There was, that was his life before him. He didn't have a house. He didn't have a 401. He didn't have anything. He gave up all his comfort that he may come and do what he did. What a wonderful thing. You know, most of us, most people, I've seen it when they pass, they've got tons of stuff. And then all the, and everybody fights over that stuff. My kids are not going to be that way. We're going to get rid of it all before I go. Amen. Amen. But I'm just saying today, if we really look at our Lord, He, what did He give up? He gave up comfort. He gave up the perfect place. He gave up the angels that were singing and, and bowing. He gave up all those things. He gave up comfort to come. He gave up things for you and I. He gave them up. He was totally broke and when it came to the things of this world. He accumulated nothing because he had a mission and a purpose. He gave up his will. He gave up his will. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, saying, Father, if it's your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He gave up his will. We took communion this morning, and, and literally when you get down to communion, it was a, a time that, that what he went through when he gave his body, the suffering, the things that he went through, he knew what was fixing to take place in his life, but he knew that it was the will of the Father for him to go to the cross of Calvary and give his life for you and I. I'm not sure about you, but I'm going to tell you, I might have been thinking about running and said, you guys are on your own. But he gave up his will. His will was to bypass all the suffering. But he wanted to please the Father. So he gave up his will in his life that we may have life. I, I'm just looking at this this morning. And when we think about our Lord, it's more than our salvation. Sometimes we need to realize that our King, our Lord, was a giver. He gave in tremendous ways. He didn't partially surrender to the will of God and surrender His will, but He completely surrendered unto the Lord. He gave up all His will unto the Father. Jesus' will was not to be found because the will of the Father was His desire. So He gave up His will. Folks, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to give our will up. And let God move in our lives. 
Another thing that we find that he gave up is that he gave up his life. And we read about it in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. It says, And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend you, commend my spirit. And having said that, he gave up the ghost. I've read in Scripture that the Bible says this about our Lord, that He can lay His life down and that He can take it up. It was in His hands. It's not like you and I, you know, we have that, we have that moment that perhaps we're going to uh, uh, breathe our last breath or the rapture comes, but the Lord had that ability to lay His life down and pick it back up. On the cross we find that the Lord gave up. I, I, I use the King James because it says He gave up the ghost. All that means is that He gave up His life. He gave up His Spirit. He breathed His last breath upon the cross. And if you'll remember something, He says, it is finished. He gave up His life for you and I. He gave up things that He could do. I think about that and what an awesome thing to see someone that does that. The Bible says, no greater love is there one than the one that lays down their life for you. And truly, Christ did that when He gave up His life. But not only did He give up some things, and listen, I know there's more things that He gave up, but I just wanted to touch base on some this morning. But these are the, just a few that He gave up, but there's some things that He gave. Jesus, Jesus giving to others was His trademark. I want you to just think about that just for a moment. When you think about the Lord, it was His trademark. To give to others. All of us kind of got to, when someone says something or you, you think about a person, you think, well, they're, they're really good at this or good at that. The Lord was good at giving. That was His trademark. He gave. We, we know that He gave. And, and some of the things that He gave this morning, you and I are enjoying today, He gave mercy. He gave mercy. We find in John chapter 8, verse 10, when Jesus had raised him, Himself up and saw no one but the woman, He said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Now listen to the conversation. It's talking about a woman that was caught literally in the act of adultery. The punishment at that very time for that very act of adultery was death. That's what the law called for, and that's why the challenge was to the Lord. That's why they brought her there. But you know what happened at that very moment? Jesus gave her mercy. Gave her mercy. You know, mercy is a wonderful thing in our life. Mercy is that we're not getting what we deserve. Mercy says you're guilty, but I'm giving you mercy. Mercy is something that we all should be familiar with. We were talking about it Friday a little bit in the hospital when we were waiting on the baby to come and, and having a conversation with uh, my son-in-law's dad. And we talked about mercy and different things. And, and I'm going to tell you, mercy is a wonderful thing in our lives. Mercy is that moment perhaps you don't even have a relationship with God and, and, and somehow your life is spared. I'm going to tell you it's not because you're superman or superwoman. It's because God's mercy was working in your life. We talked about 
wrecks, working wrecks. And I, I said, yeah, I worked a wreck with one young man. He was 19 years old, stayed out all night long, missed a curve and not a scratch on his body, but he was thrown out, broke his neck, and his life was done at 19. On the same curve, just to sound the road a little bit, another guy was thrown out, skid on his, on his rear, all the way through the weeds, and he did not die. <coughs> Called mercy. Mercy. God has mercy. And if we think about one of the precious things that our Lord gave, He gave mercy to people. Aren't you glad God gave you mercy this morning? Aren't you glad Jesus is in the mercy distributing business that He gives it out? When we think about our Lord, some of the things that He gave. <coughs> he gave forgiveness. My topic is this, is that Jesus is a giver. He gave forgiveness. Luke 7, 48 <clears throat> says this. It speaks of this. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. If you know the, the passage of Scripture, it's a woman that came into the place they're eating and she's pouring out the jar of alabaster oil on, on his feet and washing his feet. And the Pharisee thought if he only knew what kind of woman was at his feet, he wouldn't be letting her do that. But Lord, the Lord knew what he was thinking and he said this very thing, go for your sins are forgiven. I, I, I want to tell you, God gave, Jesus gave forgiveness out to her that day. When he was up on the cross of Calvary, after they had beat him, after they had put him up on the cross, driven the spikes through his hands, he said, Lord or Father, forgive them. <clears throat> Our Lord gave forgiveness even when forgiveness was not even asked for. <coughs> Excuse me. He was a giver of certain things. He gave compassion. <coughs> he gave compassion. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, it says, and when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion. <coughs> moved with compassion. Not just to see a need, but he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. Matthew 15, 32 says this, and now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitudes, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. I love this about the Lord. He had compassion on individuals. He, he wasn't just moved, or He didn't just look at their need, but He was moved by their need. And the Bible tells us in those verses that He brought healing to them, and not only healing, but He also brought something for, to sustain their life. He spoke of the fact that He fed them. We know He fed the, the 4,000 and the 5,000. We know that He fed. But we also know that He moved by compassion. And in some verses says He healed all of them that were around. Our Lord gave compassion. It wasn't all about Him and it wasn't all about what was happening in His life. But it was about those that were around Him. Matter of fact, if you really knew anything about Jesus, He was the last person on His list to take care of. He was a giver when it came to meeting people's needs and, and he took time to meet those needs in his everyday life. There was moments 
when he was so busy that he would stop and meet the need of a person. He gave out compassion into people's lives. <coughs> well, I kind of told you all I wasn't going to talk about money, but here we go. <laughs> he gave lessons on money. I mean, he was a great teacher. And he said this about money. And Jesus said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. And they marveled at him when they were trying to catch him in what he said about money and taxes. And he says, Render unto Caesar what belonged to him and what belongs to God. And then in Matthew 17, 24, he had him go get a fish. And in that fish, his mouth was a coin. And he gave it to them. I'm just saying today, when he taught about money, he had an ideal, and he, he would speak of this, render unto Caesar's what's his and what's to God. Can I tell you this morning, he taught us, if you read his word of God, we're taught that we are to be tithers and givers. He taught us that we're stewards of our money. And to be good stewards, we need to honor God with what God's given us. But he also has told us that we are to give and pay taxes and, and different things like that at the same time. He taught lessons, he gave us lessons on finances and how to operate in those. We talked about them this morning in the, in the book of Matthew about how we are to give and, and how we are to, to, to pour into what God would have us to pour into. I'm saying today that God gave us lessons. Christ gave us lessons on money. But also He gave us great spiritual counsel. He gave us great spiritual counsel. If you read, and we're going to start this next, uh, soon as, uh, next month, we'll be talking about the Beatitudes. In the book of Matthew from chapter 5 to the end of chapter 7, it is one of the great sermons that's ever been preached. I, I don't believe there's anybody's ever preached a greater sermon than what you can find in Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7. And he said this at the end of that message, is, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who built his house on the rock. He gives us all kinds of things that we should do. He gives us counsel on how we're to pray, how we're to fast. And He tells us that we're to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things shall be provided to us. He gave us great counsel when it comes to spiritual things in our life. I'm talking about the Lord this morning. I'm so glad that He helped us and guided us with His Word that is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. He gave us such great things. Not only that, but He also gave us life. Gave life to those that were dead. Gave life to those that were dead. I, you know, if, if you wanted anybody to show up at a funeral, it was the Lord. Amen? I mean, he would, He'd seen the lady and her son had died and he just reached over and touched the casket and he came up and sat up. Heard a preacher say one time, you know, sometimes we kind of get carried away with our stories. He said the custom of that day was that whenever you passed, those around you would come in and take your clothes and, and whatever you weren't going to wear anymore. Makes sense, right? And he said, could you imagine what that, that young man felt when he sat up and he says, that's my jacket there. <laughs> hey, you got my coat. <laughs> But the thing is, when the Lord, I mean, when we talk about He gave life, 
the greatest story, the most story that, the story that I read many times that shows the heart of Jesus to his people and those that are around him is when Lazarus passed away. And the Bible gives us, you know, that memory verse that you really like to memorize, that, that long verse, Jesus wept. I'm going to do that this week. Jesus wept. But, you know, it speaks volumes. Even though it's two words, it talks about our Lord and our Savior, and it shows His heart for you and I and what goes on in our family and who and everything that happens when He looked and He's he seen the heart of Mary and Martha, those friends of His, and He says, and they're saying, well, He's dead now. He, he's been in the grave four days and He stinketh by now. But listen, Jesus said, hey, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, even though he die, shall live. <clears throat> he spoke of this. This is what he did. He gave life. And we all know, he stood outside, and he said, roll the stone away, and he stood outside, and he says, Lazarus. And some will tell you, <coughs> if he wouldn't have said Lazarus, every one of them in that grave would have came forth. That's the power of, that he has. He gave life. And he still does that every now and then. There are those that are still raised from the dead. And he still gives life. But you know, it's not only just that life, that physical life. Lazarus was raised to die again. But he gives us another life. He gives us this spiritual life that we have when we believe in him. This life that if we are to die, He also says that we will live. I love what it says. And whosoever lives and believes in Me shall never die. Do you believe this? Come on, there's something that we are to rejoice about. I was speaking this morning in the Sunday school class. Sometimes we need to, you know, Christians, we need to start thinking a little more about the eternal. A little more about what's up there. And a little more about who we are and who we belong to, the family that we belong to. My friend, when I got saved, I came into the family of God. And when I got saved, my future changed. And when I got saved, my hope changed. And when I got saved, my future in heaven is where I'm headed. And sometimes we need to start thinking a little more about up there than what we think about here. And right now, through that precious gift, Jesus gave Himself that we may have life. He gave. He gave life. And it, it's so important that we understand that He was and is the greatest giver. I know. I, I've used a lot of Scripture this morning. And my purpose was to use Scripture this morning. My purpose was for us to just read and think for a moment about our Lord. And how He gave the things that He gave up and the things that He gave to us. Because, see, we are to be givers also. That should be a Christian. We should be givers. We should be that person. I can go on about the Lord. I can go on about His giving because literally I have just touched the surface this morning on how He gave things up and how He gave other things to you and I. But I think we get the picture this morning. 
Jesus was and is the, greater, the greatest giver of all time. No one gave like he gave. You know, when we think about the church today, selfishness has crept in to the church. Churches become about us. And when we look at our Savior, it was never about Him. It was about giving. The local church has caused this issue mainly by catering to whatever appeals to people in order to grow the congregation or the local church. We've caused a little bit of this with the user-friendly thoughts and, and we want to make everything just right for someone to come in. But by doing so, people are now not givers, but they are takers. And I'm not saying this in a way that that is trying to be mean, but I'm just saying sometimes we need to be reprogrammed. We need to have a reset in our life. And, And hopefully as we look at our Savior, we start seeing that He was always giving. He was not a taker. He was operating in giving to others. And I think it's important that we remember the fact that we also are called to be givers. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, listen to what he says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Paul says, you want to know what Christ did? You want to know how Christ lived? Watch me. But at the same time, that gives us the demand and the order to follow Christ, to live like Christ, to act like Christ. And if we're going to act like Christ, one of the things that He did, He gave. He gave things up and He gave things to others. He was a giver. And we are to be givers. This is something, listen, sometimes we have to learn to be givers. All you that have kids, you've had to teach them to give. Amen? Because kids, when they're little, they go, mine, 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 mine. That's that's the mindset. And even when we come into the church body, we've got to learn to give. We've got to learn to be givers. That's why I'm saying it should be part of the DNA of a Christian. It should be part of of the DNA of a church is that we become givers because we are to imitate Christ Jesus. And there's never been a greater giver than the Lord Jesus Christ because He gave absolutely everything that you and I could have life. We are to be givers. We are to be those people that are stepping up to the plate to help and to give to others in need, or wherever it may be. See, it's a must for us as a Christian if we're going to be the local church that Christ wants us to be. And if we're going to be able to share Jesus, we've got to look outside ourselves and we've got to share and we've got to be givers in our lives. Pastor Oliver, if you'll come this morning.
I know when you hear the word give, oftentimes you just about embrace yourself because you think here comes a message with tithing and offering. Because we've made so much of the church about that and we forgot about all the other areas that we should be willing to give in. And we, if we look at our Lord, we can truly say that He gave up a lot of things. I'm reminded many times of a mom that will go without because the kid needs something. And perhaps y'all have had mothers like that in your life and you'll see a picture in 2020 and then look back and see she's wearing the same clothes that she had in 2012 because she's raising kids. And she gave up something so that they could have something. And you know, it'd be the same thing that perhaps you have really been a giver in your life and, and you realize that someone's been a giver to you in your life. You know, the, the worst thing is, is this. Listen, I was in Israel and, and the Dead Sea is, is, you know, the reason it's dead is because there's no outlet. Not an outlet on it. So it sits there and it just, just they call it the Dead Sea. And when I was there, there was a drought going on, so they were keeping the water from going in, so the Dead Sea was just sitting there shrinking, and, and so it was really, really thick. I mean, you couldn't hardly, if you turned upside down, you couldn't hardly get back up. But I'm just saying, we can't be people that are always getting something come in. We can't have a constant flow of people giving into our lives, and, and sometimes we get in the habit of that. We think, well, what do you owe me? What are you going to give me? We can't be that. Jesus was never that way. He was always letting it flow out to somebody else. And I think if we're the true Christian people that we ought to be at San Jacinto Assembly of God, we must be givers. Come on, God, how many of you have been blessed? Amen. How many of you, God has just been really good to you? And, and sometimes we, we hear the preaching, we hear, well, I want to live the blessed life. And, and I, I, I'm just going to come to church and God's just going to bless my socks off, bless my socks off, and bless me. I mean, i got blessing in one hand and money in the other. And, and this is what we make it all about. But why have we forgotten that Jesus Christ is the greatest giver, that He let things flow out. He, he knew when things flowed out. Even the lady that had the issue of the blood reached out and touched the hem of His garment. And He says, "How did I, I feel that power leaving out. Jesus gave. The church should be givers. We should be givers. We should be people. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm not just talking about offering. But I'm talking about time. I'm talking about things that we need to meet other people's needs with, whatever they may be, that we learn to be givers. I'll guarantee you, if you raise your children to receive, receive, and receive all the time, you're going to have some spoilt brats. Amen? Because you've got to raise them to share. Raise them to give. Raise them to meet other people's needs. If your kid gives away one of their toys to someone else, you should pat them on the back because they're learning things. We gather, we grow, and we give. Why is that important? Because we'll never share the gospel if we're not givers. We'll never fulfill our missionary, our, our visionary statement if we're not going to give.
because we got to give into people's lives. I, I so thank Tanya and, and Christy and all of them that helped yesterday for 300 plus meals at Keir Cafe. We may not have anybody in this room this morning from that, but they gave what God had under them. I thank God for what's going on in our pantry, the giving that's taking place there and meeting people's lives. What I'm saying, what we learn as a church is that it isn't all about the income that comes in. It must also be about the outgo. Because anything that has no outflow becomes dead. And we can't be that way in our lives. You say, well, Pastor, I've been hurt. Uh, I've gave and people just used me. I'm going to give you a solution for that this morning. Give it to the Lord and let it go. Come on, the Bible says this. Listen, and oftentimes it applies. Someone will preach it for money, but he says this. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken down, runneth over, and will put into your bosom. For the, the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. <clears throat> give. Give. You want kindness? Give kindness. You want love? Give love. You want forgiveness? Give forgiveness. You want mercy? Give mercy. You want people to like you? You got to like people. Amen? Don't want people to, don't say, hey, I want people to like me and never get out of your house. Giving is so important in the kingdom of God. You know, we just have a short little span to be givers. Short little span. The Bible says we're granted 70. Three scores and 10. Anything after that comes with medical bills and, and just kidding you. Anything. But even at the vapor, if it's just 100 years, that's still short compared to eternity. And we have what we have in other people, we have in our hand what other people need. We need to give that and be givers. Because you can be a lot of things, but if you don't learn to give, we're not going to do what God wants us to do. Amen.